0: Are you wanting to create a highly prosperous photography business doing what you love? Or maybe you have a great business already and want to up your game. Then you're in the right place. Master craftsman photographer Lucy Dumas and her guests are here to support you on your journey. Now here's your hostess and tour guide, Lucy. If you really look closely, most overnight successes took a long time. That's a quote by Steve Jobs. And I'm going to give you a bonus quote. Don't be intimidated by what you don't know. That can be your greatest strength and ensure that you can do things differently from everyone else. And that's a quote by Sarah Blakely. She's the founder of Spanx. I don't love Spanx, but I love how she created something different. (laughs) Alrighty then, welcome again to The Profitable Photographer. I'm Lucy and I'm here in my office by myself, about to share uh, as much as I can think of about what to know if you're starting a business. And even if you've been in business forever, I know you can still get some valuable ideas out of this. At least I hope so. Maybe you're thinking, Lucy, didn't you do an episode on getting started about a year ago? And yes, I did in September 2020. 21 that being said this is going to have a little different twist so i recommend after listening to this that you go back to a year ago and listen and see what kinds of things i shared about that of course are the same and then what other areas i took a deeper dive into than i do today and before i get going on how to start your business, I'm starting something new in my podcast. And that is to offer a 30-minute podcast audit strategy session to you, my listener. If you think you're leaving money on the table, and honestly, who isn't? I would love to have a great conversation with you about your business and give you some tips on how you can be more profitable, possibly get more clients, attract the people that you love working with. There's always areas where just a slight improvement can make all the difference in the world. And I might even offer a big improvement for you. No obligation. I'm not going to pressure you. I just want to have a conversation and look into what you're up to. And then that will also benefit other people listening so to apply send an email with your contact info and you can title it something like podcast audit or please put me on your show or hey help me figure out where I'm leaving money on the table something that gets my attention it doesn't look like spam (laughs) and you can either email lucy at LucyDumas.com. Lucy with an I, or go to lucydumascoaching.com, and there's a contact form there. Okie doke, so let's get started. Getting started in a business, what you need to think about first. So, first and foremost, well, let's see, is it what or is it why first? I guess you need to figure out what, but I'll talk more about that. Let's assume it's a photography business or any business. I do have people that listen to this show that aren't photographers. So you want to figure out your why. Why do you want to be in business and why this business and why this particular aspect of the business? I have an interview, uh goes back a couple of years with a food photographer and We hung out at a conference. Uh, This is how I met her. And I was asking her her why. And she loves food. And she was doing all kinds of photography. And then she just started doing some fun food photographs because she loved that. You know, loves to eat, loves the whole world of food. And so it was a very natural niche for her. My why is. Okay, so I want to say, all of us probably have a why that I want income, I want money. So I want to go past that to, as I kind of alluded to, why not do something else? I probably could have, because selling is my superpower, probably could have made a lot more money selling something else in the world if I wanted just money. but. I love photography and my niche is children. I used to do weddings, and that was my niche because I used to love, love, love weddings. I would dream about them. I cried at cartoon weddings. If I saw a limo go by, I felt sad that I wasn't photographing the wedding of whoever was in that limo. So that was my why until uh, the point where weddings. Uh, Well, I outgrew them. We'll just put it that way. They're pretty stressful. And after 500, it started to seem like Groundhog's Day. Although I still watch Say Yes to the Dress because I love wedding dresses and I love the beauty of them and such. Currently, my specialty is children and families. And A, I love being around kids. So that is my big why. Now that I've been coaching more than photographing, I really miss holding the babies and playing with the kids. And when (laughs) I live on a corner in a cute little neighborhood, walkable neighborhood in San Diego called South Park, and people with their kids and their dogs walk by all the time. And I'm always wanting to see the kids, talk to the kids, make friends with the kids. So clearly photographing children was a natural niche for me. But there's something deeper, and it's about helping children know how special and loved they are. I was the third child. There were very few pictures of me by myself. And my parents, although curiously, we up until, I don't know, junior high age, we had photographs and sent out Christmas cards every year when I was little. But my parents didn't print them big. We probably had an eight by ten or so floating around the house. But um, I think that when children see themselves in photographs, especially ones where, let's say, they're in their dad's lap and he's obviously, you know, cuddling or looking at the child adoringly or, um, you know, the family just looks really cohesive and like a unit. That goes a long way for children to feel special about themselves, to understand that they're beautiful and they're special and they're loved. I just said special twice. Well, now I said it (laughs) three times. Anywho, psychologists did studies that said when children have photographs, particularly of themselves in their own rooms, they grow up with higher self-esteem. So let's face it. We are the one person that will never leave us in our lives. And so the more we value ourselves, the better life we can have and the more we can contribute to the world. So my why children and family portraits on a deeper level is for that reason, for the kids and also for the parents, to I think when there's portraits of their children and their family, they are reminded every day, especially if they're large portraits, of the love, of what's special, of the connection. So that is my why. What's yours? I would love for you to let me know. Okay, so my third reason, uh, number one was self-esteem, number two is I love kids. And number three is about why I chose photography and not some other way to be around kids and help children and families feel special. And it's because I love art, I love the beauty of the moment, and there's something about photography that that instantness and that I don't know seeing the way the world unfolds and and that boom, that moment when everything falls together in a way that to me is interesting or beautiful, that just makes me happy. I've always been an artist at heart, but all of the other things I did, starting with coloring books and you know p- pictures of houses and things with my crayons <laughs> um, I've done all kinds of art and when I first got a good camera and took a photograph of a flower and it turned out the way I saw it it's like something just opened up in me So big part of my why is because I get to do something I absolutely love and get paid for it. Funny, I've also been a really big fan of conversations and of supporting other people. So when I decided six or seven years ago to become also a a business coach for photographers, it was a natural choice for me because, and even this podcast, because I love conversation and I love getting deep. So anywho, I think you get the point on that. And then my fourth reason is that I'm a better chief than an Indian. (laughs) What I mean by that is being my own boss is a natural fit for me. And for some people, they decide, maybe this is you, you want to be in business and it isn't a natural fit. That doesn't mean you can't learn. And in fact, many people that I've worked with or friends of mine, Because they've needed to push themselves, they've become leader personalities when it wasn't their nature. But I love being able to get myself a raise if I want to, have a vacation if I want to, work to the middle of the night, or wee hours of the morning, although that's not going to happen, (laughs) P.S., with me. Um, I love setting my own schedule. One of the hardest things for me about high school where, you know, many people say, oh, I loved high school. The fact that I had to be there actually earlier than my natural body clock and just sit there hour after hour after hour, even though I love to learn, was really hard for me. When I went to college and I could make my own schedule, I loved college more than high school. And So having a job where I set my own schedule is another big why for me. So think about those factors and those things will drive you. Those give you like the fuel underneath you about why you're doing it, especially at those times when it can be a little disheartening or challenging or just even plain like, I don't know if boring is the right word, but uh, you know, editing on and on, things that are not the most fun, creative parts, when we're clear on why we're doing this, it gives us energy. Also, another thing to think about is, like, how are you going to stay motivated? There's a book called Grit. And in the book, they did a study of people who are wildly successful. And what they discovered is that it had nothing to do with their age, where they grew up, if they were rich or poor, if they had a happy childhood, difficult childhood, race, sexuality, none of that. Um, What they found is that people that were very, very successful were people that had what what they called grit. My dad calls it stick-to-itiveness, or he did call it and. His voice will always be in my head. Um, So many things. Anywho, so think about if you have that determination and how you're going to continue to have that motivation and the grit and keep going, keep going. All right, so some practical things. How are you going to finance your business? Do you have money and savings in the bank right now? You need to have six months of a cushion, or at least highly recommend that, Um, especially if you're going to quit one job where you're making money and and go all in with, with your photography or whatever business you're starting. Or do you have a source of income to get you through those times and help you get that money in the bank? So a part-time job can be helpful. What I did, uh, I I happened to have, (laughs) it's another story, but almost by accident, I was given a little business in the airport selling travel insurance and exchanging currency. And when a recession hit and my contract was canceled, the money I'd been putting aside for the business became mine. So, I had a nest egg to start. And also, I started selling cosmetics in people's homes, kind of like Mary Kay, but I think Jafra was a better product, in my opinion. And actually, in the first couple of months of this podcast, I did a show about 12 things I learned from selling skincare or makeup in people's homes that helped me with my business. Anyhow, so I was bringing in. I don't know, $300 a week. And this was 40 years ago. So that went a lot farther doing that while I was growing my business. I also worked about eight hours a week in another photographer's studio. She had a coupon program going. And so I did the children's photographs because that is not her forte. That is not her niche. She was great with high school seniors and families and so forth. And so I had some income while I was growing. So think about that. Are there potential loans that you can get to help you set your business up? Because you do need some money because there's some things you need to start a business. So I recommend being smart about that. And, you know, I'm not telling anybody go out and get a great big loan But loans are ways that some people grow their business in directions that they want. So think about that. Number three with ways to finance is your regular family budget. So let's say you have a partner and he or she is bringing in regular income and you're wanting to build this, having a conversation about how much the family budget can support the business for a time that in the future there will be more income. I don't think I said that well, but you know it's a short range commitment of finances from the income that you normally have so that you can have future profits that will enhance the family budget in a big way. One of the things that I hear people say, uh, often this is about booking me or someone else as a coach or buying a program. I hear people say, well, once I start making money, I will come back and hire you or buy that program or attend that week-long class with the Professional Photographers of America. And for me, I think of it like, I want to make the most Beautiful, decadent, delicious chocolate cake. But I'm going to wait till I can make the cake to buy the recipe from you. When you invest in certain things before you start making profit, all goes well. You're going to make more profit more quickly. So, you know, just having conversations with people around you about money, you know, it, it is, very difficult right off the bat to pay for your business with the business you're building. So you're going to need some money from somewhere. Now, number four on this topic is you can plan for some projected income once things are rolling. So, you know, six months down the line, it's easier to pay your coach monthly. All goes well, you're doing everything and attracting clients, and doing your sales, and so forth. Making money from the business is part of the way we finance our business. All right, let's talk about some of the things that you need to do first, and have first. So, you need professional equipment, and you need backups. For someone to have one camera, and one lens, and do a wedding, or photograph, a child at an age where you can't go back and do it if the camera breaks that day, like a 10 day old baby or a wedding or an anniversary party or a family reunion, it is very risky and not professional to only have one piece of equipment. Even if it's a rented or borrowed other camera that you have just in case, You want to have good equipment and you want to have backups on that. I did a wedding once where I actually had three cameras, three different lenses, and three flashes. And before the ceremony started, I was down to one camera, one flash, and one lens. Now, some of the problems, when I had time to analyze the problems... There wasn't major issues, but in the middle of a wedding, there's no time to really stop everything and say, oh, wait, wait, let me figure this out. So good equipment, backup equipment. You need insurance. Nice thing, speaking of equipment, so this is number two, when you join the Professional Photographers of America, and you can join if you don't live in America, I'm not sure if the equipment insurance is covered in that case, but... Your Membership comes with $15,000 worth of equipment insurance. And I was paying 400 a year for that before PPA added that. So it basically, the membership pays for itself. You need liability insurance and silly me, I didn't have it for a long time. And luckily uh, I wised up and invested the three or 400 bucks a year. For it. And it was more about peace of mind, but you know, stuff can happen and you do not want to lose everything by something going wrong and not having insurance. All right. You also need to get educated. And these days, there are a lot of ways to get educated. Some of the best are still the in person options or, of course, coaching. Yeah. One of the things that put my career on the map is when I signed up for a week long class. At the time, it was in Santa Barbara, but it's the West Coast School week long classes affiliated with PPA, where you spend the entire week with one group of people and one teacher or two teachers, but in the same program. And Joyce Wilson was my first teacher. And I went from Amateur wannabe to understanding a whole scope and very quickly beginning to be much more confident, profitable, do better work, all that good stuff. And you want to be sure that you're getting educated in all aspects of your business. So, yes, you want to become a fine photographer if you're not already. You want to learn how to sell. You want to learn how to handle objections. You want to learn. How to work with a professional lab, all that stuff, marketing, editing, etc. One of the reasons I'm still in business 40 years later is because I have been continually educating myself, going to seminars, workshops. If you don't already have a plan to go in January to Nashville to the Imaging Expo run by PPA, Sounds like a PPA commercial today. (laughs) Um, That will put your career in warp drive because you'll be around 10,000 other photographers, so many great classes, so much energy, so many amazing conversations, and then the vendors, all that good stuff. So, continuing to get educated and having a plan for that is high on things we need to do in the beginning. Now, I want to go back to number 1 about equipment. You don't want to spend a lot of money on extra equipment. A couple of camera bodies, a couple of really good lenses. My favorites are a 24 to 105 f4 and the 24 to 200 because f4 because the 2.8 is too heavy for me. Those two lenses and and Canon cameras have been all I've needed for years to have, um, you know, a lot of variety, a lot of versatility, and create beautiful portraits that people buy. So some people lose their business because they put too much money in equipment. So I don't want you to err on on the side of of too much equipment or. I recently discovered that there are some women who are always spending money on props for their, let's say, their newborn business, like $10,000, $20,000 a year. And you don't need all that either. It is fun, but I always buy equipment that I know I'm going to get direct income back from it. So, yeah. All right. Number four, you need your business licenses. Every state, every country, every city is going to have different license requirements. So you want to go ahead and figure that one out. You need to get your resale license and start collecting sales tax if that's what you do in your state. There's something not only, in my opinion, it's the right thing to do, But it also puts it out there on a, like with the universe that I'm a business and I collect sales taxes. So there's only benefit to your client if you don't collect sales tax, but the risk to you and your business is high. And, you know, it's just good mojo (laughs) also. Okay, number six, one of the things you need to figure out is where you're going to be photographing. where you're going to be selling your work and how you're going to be selling your work. And if you've listened to more than three episodes, you probably already know that I think we should sell and create printed work if we're doing portrait photography work non-commercially and even commercially like executive portraits, selling prints is definitely viable. But doing what, what I call post and pray on that, most people don't end up with a you know many thousands of dollars ordered if you're sending things online. So, anywho, figure out your environment and figure out if you want to do studio work, if you want to go to their home, if you want to go on location, what kinds of locations, all that stuff. All right, number seven, I recommend, and this has helped a lot of people over the years. I recommend that you set up three bank accounts. I know there is, um, I can't remember the name of the book. Oh, I think it's Profit First, where they have like six buckets or 10 buckets. But just for simplicity to start, if you set up a business checking account, a business savings account, and a tax account, and one third of every dollar that you bring in, you split between those three accounts. So when it's tax time, you always have money set aside for taxes. When you need some new equipment or you're thinking about it, then you've got the savings account that as long as you've got, like, whatever is a comfortable, prudent reserve for you, I would suggest $10,000 as a minimum to reach before you tap into that. But, you know, if you're going to buy a new lens or something, that's an add-on and not an essential, then having that savings gives you a sense of peace. And then the checking account, that's where I pay all my cost of goods and we have employees and that's where I would pay myself from or do pay myself (laughs) from, would do. All right. So that just simplifies things. Now, I don't know if banks work the same, but I'm in a credit union, and so I have one business account, but in that, I have three, they call it shares. So my share one is tax savings. Share two is business savings. Shares three is business checking account. All right, what else? It's very important when you're starting a business to have a website and branding that is clean, is professional looking, not confusing, and helps people understand and feel confident that you're professional, that you do nice work, that they like you, and they want to check you out. A website is not a catalog of everything you can do and all the tips and all the all the things. And that's a conversation for another day about uh, what I recommend on websites. But it can be pretty simple. Just, an about me page that is a, really about things that clients would value about you. You know, I don't really care if you like chocolate and walks in the rain, if I'm going to hire you as my photographer, fun conversation start if you're my friend, but I do care if you were an art major. I do care if you were a special ed teacher, those kinds of things would help me feel like, You might be great for what I want. And branding, branding, I have a whole program on branding that is so fun. I I probably do have a solo episode if you look back. And to me, branding is not about, let's see who's my ideal client and then how can I have a logo and a, you know, colors that they would like. Branding, is a much deeper exploration into who are you and what is the experience like working with you or your company and then the knowing your ideal clients there's certain colors textures fonts lines designs all kinds of things that communicate to clients potential clients that you might be the one they're looking for if you think about like Tiffany's. They have a consistent color that, you know, people value those boxes. They have a consistent logo and their their ads and everything, their website is very cohesive. And when you go in their store, it fits. And even their jewelry is a little bit different and cleaner and more, um, I don't know, kind of ultra modern, for the most part. So, good branding. Now, somebody said the other day, and because I can get kind of obsessed with helping clients figure out a logo, we're not figuring out a logo for Coca Cola or Nike, you know, or some billion dollar corporation. So, it can be simple. What I encourage you to do is not have it be either really trendy because then you'll look old fashioned five years from now or just plain letters, a little something, um, unless it's the perfect letter. So, you know, there's an exception to every rule. Okay. And the other thing you're going to need, so you need equipment, you need insurance, education, license, uh, your resale. Um, You need to decide if you are wanting to be a corporation And there's a lot of factors in that before you decide to just jump in and incorporate. There's expenses with that. Um, You know, there's benefits, there's some things that are not beneficial. So you want to talk to a professional, ideally someone like the money guy at PPA that could have a chat with you and, and learn about where you are in your business. All right. And then, you need samples. You need to be able to show your work to people. And of course, you need to photograph your subjects or get some models, figure out what you can do to get some nice examples of your work that you put on your website, Instagram, and so forth. But also, wherever you're going to be selling your work and having consultations, when you have some large portraits of your best work, it's very powerful. Now, you don't have to have a ton. And, like, you don't have to have an album that is one entire client's wedding or family portrait session. You can show that online to people, but you do need a nice album that people can see the quality and. Get a sense of the work that you do. Okay, before I continue, just a reminder of what I mentioned at the beginning. If you would like to get in on the 30 minute podcast audit strategy session to discover where you might be leaving money on the table and some tips on how to get it off the table and in your pocket. Just send me a little email, lucy at lucydumas.com, or go to lucydumascoaching.com and fill out the contact form with a heading that tells me that's what you're looking for. Okay. Meanwhile, back at the ranch, we figured out finances first, you're wise, and you want to set up a simple business plan. So for me, and I do this with all my coaching clients at the very beginning of our program is to figure out your one year, three year, and five year goals. Now, most people that are running a normal photography business actually keep about a third of every dollar they bring in, which is why I do that third, third, third for those three checking accounts. So if you figure out how much money you want at the end of the year, multiply that by three, divide it by 12, and then see how much money you need to, on average, make per month. Yes, some months you're going to bring in more, some less, but knowing your target is really helpful. Then knowing what your niche is, I'm going to talk about that in a sec, but who do you want to photograph? So if I wanted to photograph Weddings and babies, then I would figure out let's say I needed $20,000 a month. How many clients can I and do I want to photograph? And then how much would my average target goal be for the weddings per wedding? And how much for the babies so that it all totals up that $20,000 per month? So I'll go simpler. If I wanted to do four clients a month with portraits and I need $20,000 to reach my sales goal, then each of my portraits, I need to average $5,000. Yes, I can have ones less. I can have ones more. So I like to do that for one year, three year, five year goals. And what it does is when you look at it, then it's like, oh, you know, breaking down the numbers, that's, that's doable. So having that target, and also if you've listened at all, I'm big on woo-woo, I'm big on setting intentions, the power of attraction, all that stuff. So putting it on paper and saying, I am going to earn X by bringing in $20,000 a month For clients with an average of five thousand dollars sales, there's something I don't know if it's an inner thing or something out there in the universe, but something starts to help the wheels turn and those things unfold. I'm going to say I wrote down a goal for having savings right before COVID. Go figure, and it was a pretty lofty goal. And just this week, I reached that and it feels great. <laughs> and I know if I had not written it down, I wouldn't have been like, hey, maybe I won't, um, I don't know, buy that thing or go here or do that. It's like my reward and my, my carrot that I've been chasing <laughs> on a stick is trying to reach that particular number in my savings account. So setting goals, setting attentions, setting a business plan and eight, A business plan is not a goal. It is an intention and it is a target. So, anyhow, deciding on a niche. And probably we need to do that sooner. But in this, you know, as I'm breaking this down, I believe that especially when you're starting, the fastest way to get great at what you do and be seen as a fine photographer is to have a specialty. Now, There are people that do a lot of variety in their work in terms of they may do seniors and headshots and couples and families, but their work is very consistent. So their niche is a certain style, certain something. However, generally, if you pick a lane at first, and it's not that you would turn down um, a senior portrait if you wanted to do it. But if you were going to specialize in, let's say children and families, and especially that have like school age kids as sort of like, I, this is what I love best. Then the classes you take, the things you dream about in photographing, the locations you scout or the studio And the way you set it up, your marketing, your branding, everything can be targeted towards that one niche. And it's so much easier for someone to refer you if they know what it is you do. If you do weddings, portraits, headshots, food, commercial, jewelry, you know, passport photos, (laughs) fill in the blank. Someone will say, oh, she's a she's a good photographer, but they won't be able to say, oh, my gosh, she is an incredible boudoir photographer. She makes people feel so comfortable and so beautiful. So at least in the beginning, I am a firm believer in a niche. All right. Next. How are we doing? We're getting there. Once you know who you want to photograph, you need to figure out who your ideal client is. Everybody doesn't necessarily need to serve the luxury market, Um, but if you want to approach and have your business in the luxury manner, then you need to figure out where do people who have the money and would love what you do, where do they hang out? How can you reach them? How do you present yourself in a way that is attractive to them? So for example I do children right now if my target was people maybe investing 500 to 1000 and I was going to have a lot of volume my colors and my logo and my font and the way I talk about things and the way I set my business up the colors would be brighter the you know there would be more I wouldn't say fun but more child sort of directing so that when you looked at everything that came from me you'd see oh she does kids let's say. For me I'm doing portraits that are timeless even if it's outdoors, indoors and that is displayed as art in the home and so my colors are more muted. The words that I use are you know? I might say um, portrait and investment. I I don't say photos. But if I was having a kid business, I've got air quotes around kid. I might say photos. I might say yeah, let's snap some pictures. So all of that, um, knowing who the ideal client is, where they live, where they shop. Um, not not like shopping for, you know, toilet paper and. And and such. But when they're shopping for fun, when they're, you know, investing well in something, those kinds of things you want to figure out. So that's that's the next thing as you're starting your business. You need to know who your client is. The last thing you want to do is a big marketing program directed to the wrong people, because that can waste a lot of time and you can get a lot of negative flack if uh, you're, you know, a sizable investment, but the people that you've attracted are people either that have a low budget or just would not spend a lot of money on, on photographs. So um, all that comes into play. Okay, of course, you need to learn how to find those clients, and then how to turn them into great sales. So marketing. Um, is important. And I've seen people, bless their hearts, (laughs) I hope this isn't you, but launch a website, wait two months and be disappointed and feel like a failure because nobody hired them. Just having business cards and a website and Instagram and, you know, whatever else is just out there in the social media is not going to get us work right away we need to do things so that people are directed to the site websites all of that is like social proof once people get there oh yeah i like what i see but just existing just like with this podcast if i didn't do things to help people um, find me and now that i've been around for three years i probably do show up in some searches but. In the first six months, I had to be intentional about reaching out to where my ideal listeners might be. All right. Oh, and that being said, uh, I have an online ebook that you can get from my website, lucydumascoaching.com, called 10 Big Ideas for Marketing in the Real World. I believe that a lot of people overlook the get out of your chair and get out into the world marketing. <laughs> and um, I know that can be scary to get away from the computer and social media marketing and all of that. But there's so much potential, especially in the luxury market. So you might want to grab that. All right. Uh, of course, you need a great sales system. And you know the fact that this is almost last, and then the next section that is last, both of those actually should be First, to me, they're the most important aspects, knowing how to sell. That's my superpower. I sell, you know, three to seven wall portraits per client. And I've been able to teach my coaching clients how to do that. And they've had great results. Of course, if you want to know more, you can you can reach out to me on that. But you need a sales system, one that really works and it's not just the what do you do in the sales room, but from that first contact, that first phone call, there's a step by step system that makes it so much easier to reach your goals. Okay, let's all take a breath. And the last, but not the last part, is in order to have a successful business, dealing with our inner world personal growth, roadblocks, fears, doubts, positives, challenges, our confidence, our skills, all of that is super important. So the thing about being self-employed is that our strengths get to be used and get to be improved. And also our challenges are going to come up in our face. And so it's an opportunity to grow. And when we grow in that area, our business improves and also our regular life improves, I've found with people. So how do we handle all that's going to be needed in the personal growth arena? I think you need a support system. That's why I'm active in local, state, national chapters of organizations. That's why I make friends in the business that, you know, we're like, not really partners, but you know, it can be a really lonely career. So getting support, that's why I have coaches. That's why I suggest you have a coach. Online support can be great. It can also be debilitating if you're looking at what other people do and comparing yourself or taking advice from people that are not where you want to be. Um, so it can be tricky, but definitely there's some there's some great groups that can give you support. I'm also a big book reader and watch videos, go to seminars, I journal a lot. That helps. Um, over the course of my life, I probably have—I don't know—maybe a hundred journals. I don't know. I'd have to, maybe fifty. But um, that kind of introspection. There's a book called The Artist's Way, and she suggests we write three pages every morning. That just sort of like clears, clears the deck, clears the energy. I've never been a three pager unless something's up in life. But journaling. Things like meditation, writing poetry, surrounding yourself with beauty, um, doing the inner work to help grow from and through the challenges is another really important aspect of being successful in business. So we want to know our why. We want to know about our finances. We want to have the right equipment and licensing and, you know, the kind of hardscape of the business in place. We want to have a business plan. We want to know our niche. We want to find our ideal clients. We want to have marketing. And honestly, you need to have at least three kinds of marketing going at all times because things change. And if something stops, suddenly no work. So um, that's important. Want to know how we're going to sell because you can attract great clients and then not be paid what you deserve and not be serving them as fully. And we want to do our inner work and we want to allow our businesses to grow, grow, grow us. (sighs) I did it. I put this on my to-do list. I made my notes. I thought about all of this and now it is recorded and ready for your listening pleasure. (laughs) So I hope you guys are doing great. I think the fall is going to be incredible for everyone. I think, in spite of, you know, just ignore the whole there's a recession talk because that kind of thing can bring you down energetically. And also, like, kind of squash some of your your enthusiasm. And also, it's not very magnetic. So photographers who just keep doing what they're doing and know that all is well, maybe you have to put a little push more. But people that want what you do, they'll find the money. And um, I don't actually think officially we're in a recession anyway. but all, But the talk of it can be disheartening. So be heartened <laughs> and know that I am, even though I might not have met you, I'm just surrounding you with all the positive energy I can muster and I'm I'm with you. And then maybe sometime we'll meet or maybe you'll check in and say, hey, Lucy, I might want to have you as a coaching client, or I might want to book your online course or something else you're offering. So that would be great. And uh that's it. Love you all. Bye. You have been listening to the Highly Profitable Photographer with Lucy Dumas. If you've enjoyed this podcast, please rate, subscribe, review, and share. To connect one-on-one and learn more about our coaching programs, just go to LucyDumascoaching.com. Until next time, go have fun photographing and selling your work.